If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies. And so I watch them, and I tell you about them. And boy, oh boy, am I excited about this week's movie. <sighs> but before we get into it, did anything scary happen to us this week? Just real quick, I got to tell you guys. So I'm visiting my parents in Maryland right now. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, my grandmother passed away recently. She was 97 years old. So my mom has inherited all of her stuff. So this house is filled with items right now. Yep. And I guess the scary thing is how much of it is um, Ronald Reagan paraphernalia. (laughs) (laughs) That is, yes, that is scary. What? How much? What do you like? Give me a percentage. <laughs> no, I mean it's not. It's not that bad, but it's all. I mean, gone. If, it's, if it's an alarming quantity to be, if it's drawing your attention, that's, that's enough. It's so crazy, you guys. I'm like, we just got to throw it out. Like, let's throw it out. This is easily tossable. We don't need to keep it. But my mom's just moved it to the second floor. That's like, she's like, we'll deal with it later. That's where we're staying. Right. Of course. So when you walk upstairs in the hallway, there's like a chest that's just like covered with Ronald Reagan stuff, including a letter that he wrote to my grandmother's second husband, congratulating him on his retirement and um, telling him what a fantastic job he did as a lobbyist. And I want to tell you, I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> oh, Can you no. believe it? This I is know. really, this is terrifying. I know. The, I'm, I'm feeling, I have a lot of questions. This was in like 1985 also. Uh, so I am surrounded. Do you know what he lobbied for? I'm pretty sure it was like. Yeah, whisper it. Gas. Like oil and gas. I know. I'm pretty sure it was like... Spring. Yeah. Yeah, like it's still ending up on the pot, hen, even if you whisper it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like Whoa. stressed. I haven't even... So here's the thing. My mom listens to this podcast. I haven't brought it up with her yet. After we record, obviously, this is a conversation we're going to need to have because the cat's out of the bag. (laughs) She can't find out here. Cat's out of the bag. I've noticed. I've clocked the Ronald Reagan stuff. And I just want everyone here to know I'm not comfortable with it. And (laughs) (laughs) I have questions. So that's the scary thing that has happened to me in the past few days. I'm going to need some pictures of what all this is. I'll send yeah. you guys the letter. The I'll send you guys the personal letter that he wrote to my grandmother's second husband. Wow. I think, yeah, I think we got to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, mine Dang. is not related, <laughs> but not unrelated. Okay. <laughs> um, this week, I had to take 
a civics test to become a U.S. citizen because I have been a permanent resident for a while. And so I had to go to the immigration offices and sit with an officer and answer questions about the history of the United States. Wait, I was so stressed. You did not tell us you had to do this. These are hard tests. I kept it as a surprise for the pod. I love when you do that. You do it better than anyone. You withhold important life details from your close friends for the right moment. Anything for the pod. Wow. How hard was it? Did you have to study? I had to study, yeah. I would um, not do well on a test like that, like point blank. So there's a hundred questions they can ask you. You only have to answer six correctly. They, they usually ask 10. <laughs> but oh, if you oh. answer the first six right, th- then it stops. And I did. I got them all right. Oh, of course you did. Will they keep asking until you get six right? Like, could they ask no, you all they'll 100? Only ask, no, they'll only ask 10. Um, but it could okay. be any of the hundreds. So you have to study a hundred. Okay. You'll get 10 random ones and you have to get six right to pass it. Holy shit. Which ones did you get right? Some of them are easy. Like, who's the president now? That one I got asked. Joe Biden, in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then some of them uh, are like, I don't think I actually got asked this one, but the one that was seemed hardest to me was like, what part of land did the U.S. buy from France in like 1805? It's the Louisiana Purchase. I do vaguely remember that. But like, you know, that's not something that's top of mind, top of mind. Yeah. Top of mind. It's so weird to be like, you can't be a citizen unless you know that you cannot live here unless you know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that very relevant information to today's world. Another one I got was what is what is an amendment change to the Constitution? It's that kind of stuff. So they're pretty simple, but they're things that like I did have to study for just in mm-hmm. case I'm not going into that without preparation. Wow. OK, so wait. So what part in the process are you in? Then you got your six right. And then where do we go from here? I go take an oath of an of allegiance to the United States. I have to get this swear to fight and die for America if needed. Isn't that so crazy? <laughs> Ronald Reagan would love that. I never swore to that. I never swore to that. Do you know what I mean? You're on the hook more than me if shit goes down. Yeah. So that that'll be uh, on Wednesday that I that I do that. Sammy! <laughs> Can people go watch? Will you like become a citizen in that moment? They can't because of COVID, which is a bummer because usually uh, yes. Mm. Can they stand outside and cheer for you? Mm-hmm. Yes, you can stand outside and cheer for me. But the letter they gave me says it is a somber event. So dress appropriately. I was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Well, you are proclaiming that you will die for this country. If yeah, I guess. Necessary. Could be somber for sure. <laughs> Holy crap, Sammy. I didn't realize it was happening like this because I knew you. there was time that had to pass between becoming a permanent resident, which happened just right mm-hmm. before COVID. Five years. No, five years. It's been five years. Yeah. It's been Crazy. five years since that day? No, it's been five <laughs> years since I became a permanent resident. Oh, wait. What? I don't know. Let's not get into the details oh, no. in case a USCIS <laughs> officer is listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely been five years and we're certain. Um, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. It's exciting and that scary. Exciting a little scary. scary. Mm-hmm. But I'll get to vote in these midterms, which I'm very excited about. Great. Wow. We need it. First time voting. Wow, Sammy. That's cool. I'm very happy for you. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Mine is not terribly unrelated. Okay. I love it. Let's see what it is. It, um, this past week, I rewatched and showed for the first time to Joel Miss Congeniality. (laughs) (laughs) 
because it had been a really long time since I'd seen it. He had never seen it. I don't remember how it came up. I don't. Oh, it came up because we had watched Batman Begins, which I had never seen. Um, and and Michael Caine is obviously in uh, the Christian Bale Batman's. Well, I know him best from Miss Congeniality. Sure. And so that came up a conversation. And Joel had never seen it, so I was like, "Oh my god, it's great! It's classic. We have to watch it." I've seen Miss Congeniality like so many times. For, I think for all of middle school, it was like every sleepover we watched Miss Congeniality at Melinda Shearer's house. We watched Miss Congeniality. <laughs> hey, Melinda. Hey, Melinda. <laughs> um, um, and I loved it. And I rewatched it. And some of what I saw was a little scary. Oh, no. Especially because I was like, oh, Joel, you're going to love it. We have to watch it. And then it started and I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. Because, like, you guys have seen it, right? Of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, here's what I'll say. It's still fun. Sandra Bullock is so good in it. She's so fun. The parts of the women becoming friends and, like, learning that they can be in a beauty pageant and also have more depth to them. Like, those messages are still good. Those are the things that I had remembered. There's another part of the movie, which is so deeply sexist and offensive. It was blow... Like, any scene with the FBI officers is, like, the sexual harassment in that workplace. Holy shit. (laughs) They're, like... There's a scene, remember the scene, I could talk about this for this whole episode, I won't, but where they're trying to find the right agent to go undercover in the beauty pageant, they need to find a female FBI agent who's hot enough to go undercover, and so they have a computer software that takes their clothes off and puts them in bathing suits. Oh my god. All all the dudes are sitting around watching it, like eating fucking popcorn, like, and then an ugly chick comes up, and they're like, oh, nasty, put her in a bathing suit, gross. Oh no. They, at one point, her coworker, who ends up being her love interest, Benjamin Bratt, the actor, who I've made a latte for him once. Really? What happened to him? In a work conversation, (laughs) he slaps her ass. It's like, it's crazy. Wow. I was, and these were like, this was, I was watching this over and over and over again at a like deeply foundational moment in my growth. And was like, oh, and, and so it also made me think like, this is probably true for a lot of things I loved at that time yeah. in my life. Yeah. And like, wow, it really, I was not happy to be reminded. Well, it's scary. It's scary, right? Because you're like, was I conditioned to just like accept that? Like yes, as an adult? 100% like, yes. Mm-hmm. I never flagged <laughs> it sure. once at that age. I no. thought he was a very good love interest. I, w- I thought it all made sense. I thought, of course, you have to find the hottest FBI agent to do. Of course, we have to take a very attractive Sandra Bullock who just what doesn't brush her hair and like make her get full body waxed and like be like walk in a dress and be like, oh, my God, fuck. She's been hot the whole time. Look at her body. It's like, it's so crazy. I was horrified. Yeah. Patriarchy. The second half is fun. And I will say the joke about a perfect date being april 25th because it's not too hot not too cold all you need is a light jacket that joke joke. comes back every april 25th i see a post every single year william shatner is great and it's also the first thing i knew of william shatner in you know it is (laughs) you know but wow i'm just saying sometimes when you go back and revisit it's it could be cruel and it's a little scary but sometimes it's really great and this Mm -hmm. week's movie i think it's a very great one to revisit. Um, this week's movie is Jaws. Came Ooh. out in 1975. 
directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Peter Benchley and Carl Gottlieb, uh, based on a novel by Peter Benchley, starring Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, Lorraine Gary, and Murray Hamilton. And our guest today is coming to us straight from Amity Island. <laughs> and we are so freaking happy to have him. Paul F. Tompkins, welcome to the pod. Hello. Amity, as you know, means friendship. Oh. And I could not be more pleased to be joining this friendship, uh, which I discovered <laughs> oh. um, via podcast form. I first, I'm a big fan of the show, and I first learned about it from... <laughs> Ronnie Adrian on oh the Man Dog podcast, uh -huh. who was plugging Jessica Jarden being on it while saying classic he has never been Ronnie. invited to be on it. Yes, it's okay, classic Ronnie Adrian. I'll just say Absolutely. this. Okay, Ronnie, a friend of mine mm -hmm. plugging my podcast because, not because of me, right? because of my other friend was on it. <laughs> and also... Ronnie's never expressed this to me one time that he wants to be on this podcast. I haven't heard a peep. That's also classic, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was waiting for this moment for someone to tell you that this happened. Yeah, exactly. A little game of telephone through the podcasts. Yep. This classic. is the most efficient way. I'm such a I'm such a fan of the show. I really enjoy it, and uh, um, yeah, I'm 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 thrilled to be asked to be here. Thank you so much. Oh my god, we're, we're so thrilled. happy. We're, we're so so happy. Wait, you have to tell us now. Did anything scary happen to you this week? You know, I, I had a mild scare. Uh, I got into Wordle this past week. Okay, okay. We've been talking what about is Wordle. It? What, it, what is it? <laughs> see, that's the thing. I would see these boxes and I'm like, whatever that is, I don't like it. I don't want to learn what it is. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> it all of a sudden is everywhere. What is it? It is a very simple word game. It's actually, mm -hmm. I really enjoy it, but it, for, it, it was weird to me and I referenced it on Twitter that it seemed like that episode of... Star Trek TNG, where there's like a, a game that everybody gets addicted to, but it's mm -hmm. <laughs> it like mm -hmm. it's doing something to their brains uh, because yes. I would just, you just see these boxes and I'm like, what the? F so finally, <laughs> I asked somebody what it was, a friend of mine who was playing it, and then I started playing it. It's an extremely simple word game. It's um, six rows of five boxes. And mm -hmm. what you're trying to do is guess a five letter word. And mm -hmm. so you just keep putting five letter words in there until you get the right one. Um, you get you get six chances to guess. And so it'll give you clues, um, which you can turn off, which I don't know why anybody would do that. That's demented. <laughs> but it, <laughs> if, if you put a letter in the right place, it will show up green when it's revealed. Mm -hmm. And if you put a letter, if, if there's a letter that's in the word that's in the wrong place, it'll show up yellow. So you can say, mm -hmm. okay, I know there's an R and an A, so I'll put mm -hmm. them in different positions, whatever. And it's okay. really fun. And then you share it with your friends. I kind of think sharing it online is gross. Yeah. Well, well, everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. And everyone is gross. And I think <laughs> my thing was just like, who decided like all, it was like some big conversation happened overnight that I didn't, understand like yeah how does this happen it makes me think like what how does it happen how does right, it here's, happen here's my take on it you know Henley? here's my take on it which i had shared to you guys over text and i think i'm standing strong on it sorry is this is this an hht this is a yeah a, a henley hot take 
This is absolutely okay. a Henley hot take just coined right now at HHT. Um, <laughs> I think that it seems really hard, but it's actually simple and easy. And so everyone's sharing it because they feel good about themselves yes. that they were mm. able to accomplish it. Sure. But it's like actually not that hard. And so everyone's doing it because they're like, look how fucking smart I am. But like <laughs> in reality, <laughs> like the reason why you're seeing it everywhere is because everyone's the same level of smart when it comes to doing yeah, Wordle. Exa yeah. Exactly. And it's like, if you, if you finish it in two guesses, that's really not that big an accomplishment. It just means you got done sooner, which is, that's kind of cool. Is that now I, I'm <laughs> fine. Or you had like, a, like randomly a good first like randomly, word. Randomly, exactly. Randomly, arbitrary. Exactly. Yes, it's totally, <laughs> it's totally arbitrary and random. And it's like, if you are able to just visualize what words have those letters, then you can do it. It's not that so it's hard. Like easier <laughs> boggle. Yeah. The, yeah. The, letter, the words are not esoteric. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. not like a word like I accidentally got this. I have to look it up now. It's you know what the words are. It's it's pretty like simple. But it, is, but it is fun. Yeah, but like so drink. This, the scary thing that happened to me was that um, there was one that took me all day long. <laughs> day. I love it. And I was getting down. I, I had nothing. I could not figure it out. And it was to the point where like the, the puzzle comes out at midnight. I woke up at like eight o'clock and I do it. I started in the morning and I didn't get it until I think 10 PM that night. And I was seriously <gasps> starting to think like, is this it? Is I'm, I'm starting to slip. Like it's going away. No. <laughs> this is the first time. Yeah, exactly. Is, should, is this meaningful? <laughs> so is it like, it's like the New York times crossword in that it's like, there's one wordle for every day and everybody yes. does the same one. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you only get the one per day. Yeah. And that's what one of the fun things about it is that, you know, everyone's doing the same one. How quick and did you get yeah, it? Here's yeah, yeah, how yeah. I got. Mm. And you talk with your friends, like what was your starter word that got you, you know, whatever. And it's, I like that. I like the, the social aspect of it with people that, you know, but I don't mm -hmm. like, I don't like it when people post them online. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. Okay. Can we ask what was the word that gotcha? Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. That's, oh, a, that's a tricky one. one. That's kind of a niche word, I'd say. You a know? little bit. <laughs> the uh, tricky thing is double letters because you yeah. you are not thinking right. of that. But, well, I'll just speak for myself. You're not, I'm not. I'm not thinking of that off the bat. I'm for some reason. Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm going to. Oh, it must be unique letters. You know, mm -hmm. across the board, and you forget mm -hmm. that you can get. Let's say you get A, and it's a yellow, and it's in the wrong place. There might be two A's. You know, if you it's don't know until you keep guessing. There. Yes, right. exactly. I feel like words that start with vowels are also trickier. Like I have not expected yes. words right, to start with vowels. Right, because it's like, sure. where's the middle vowel? We already started yeah. with one. Where are we exactly. going from here? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't think okay. I need to do this because my phone alerted me today that I spend five hours and 40 minutes on my phone every day. And so I'm a little oh, nervous. Mine just that. went down to six hours. <laughs> and oh. I consider that a major accomplishment. <laughs> Okay, you're making Timmy feel a lot better. Okay, yeah. great. Okay, I'm, download I'm downloading it right now. Get, get, you got extra 20 minutes until you got to be really concerned. <laughs> but during quarantine, it was like, you put in a full day's work on, on your phone. Yeah. 24 hours Truly. a day. 24 hours. Henley. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Henley, you have a child. This is not, this is not okay. Someone come get him. Um, okay, well, so... What is your experience with scary movies in general? Are you a big fan? Not so much. I, you know, I think I'm a medium fan. I, I think it it is it is uh it's it's been, there's been peaks and valleys. Like I used to watch them when I was younger. Uh, I was never like uh, 
a genre person in that way. Like, oh, I got to see if this is coming out. This is my jam. I got to go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> a big turning point in my life was <laughs> my wife and I had just moved in together. Uh, this is before we were married. Um, and we were in this little house on Las Palmas. It was like kind of it was above Franklin and kind of tucked away in this weird little area. Um and it was almost like a little cabiny kind of house. Like it was a two floor house and we really liked it a lot. It turned out to be a nightmare because the landlord was a horrible. Oh. Creep. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we'd barely been in there. It was summertime and it was really um, hot out. And we're like, let's go to the movies to cool off. Um, so we walked mm-hmm. to the Chinese theater and we went to see The Strangers. Mm. And oh. I, I just like full body tension through the whole thing. Yep. We walked back. We like got in a fight for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> just then so we, stressed. Then it was like, oh, this stupid movie. And then it 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 was nighttime. We got into bed, uh. turned out the lights. I was wide awake. Yeah. Wide no. awake. Oof. And you know, we'd never lived in a place that big before, like not since my childhood, you know. And it was yeah. like, there's too much ground Space. to cover in this place a and whole it's like floor you're not on yeah it feels secluded it feels like we're, we had neighbors like adjoining the property like they were <laughs> yeah. right adjoining a wall like they were right next door but it felt like we were in the middle of nowhere and um so that was the beginning and then we the last horror movie i saw at that point was house of the devil which was mm. a very well done movie like replicating the satanic panic movies from yeah. the early 80s it's so well done. But again, it's just like filling me with dread. And I was like, I don't think I like these movies. I'm not going to watch yeah. scary mm-hmm. movies anymore. Too scary. Then Too scary. Do not watch. And then <laughs> <Do not> watch. <laughs> a friend of mine, I was talking to a friend of mine about them, about scary movies. And he said, uh, I was talking about some movie. He goes, oh, is it, is it supernatural? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, well, that's fine. Then if it's supernatural, I can watch it because that's fake. It's more like like movies that are like like the strangers or something where it's like that could actually happen. Right. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't watch those. And I was like, OK. And then I started watching, you know, just supernatural movies. And it was a big difference. I was like, oh, well, OK, <gasps> yeah. I can enjoy this. It would still be scary, but it wouldn't stay with me the mm-hmm. way that it, it used to. The one mm-hmm. exception is anything that has to deal with anything religious, anything that has to deal with demons, <gasps> the devil, mm-hmm. because I was raised Catholic. I am an atheist now. That shit stays with you forever. <laughs> forever. And so I watched Hereditary. That ruined me for a week. That yeah. I, had to, I had to like try. I would try to imagine like trying to come down from seeing <laughs> Tony Collette in, in the corner of a ceiling. So her own head off. Wires. I, like, I have to picture her on a press junket. I have to picture her. Yeah. She's a she's a producer. I have to picture her talking about how much it's going to cost to do this gag or whatever. Yeah. It really, it really fucked me up. It really fucked me up. And also yeah. then thinking about the logic flaws also will help me when I think about the plan and hereditary, <laughs> hereditary to bring king payment to earth i'm like what <laughs> you, guys, you guys are terrible at this you're terrible yeah. at this and also thinking about like the nude satanists like do they mm-hmm. take their clothes off before they go to the house and so they mm-hmm. ride over in the car nude or do they get there and then quickly they it's hide like their clothes somewhere yeah exactly exactly like put these under they the put couch on one person's car <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, quick, take your clothes off. We're gonna run to the house. Exactly. My favorite thing to do was it watching The Descent is my favorite horror movie. And I still haven't seen that one. Okay, it's well, terrifying, right? It's scary. Well, you're not yeah. gonna go in a cave, so maybe that'll yeah, be. You can helpful. avoid that one. Don't go in a cave. 
do you know what? Already been in one, so I'm in the clear. You're done. <laughs> you I'm not going back. I only have to go to <laughs> clear. But yes, it is, I, it is very scary. There are cave monsters in it, but there is on the DVD a special feature of the like actors in the costume, like cave yeah. monster dress dancing around. And I had to watch it there after the go. movie every time. I'm like, Absol- this is perfect. Yes. Little yes. palette, mm-hmm. like cleansers to make me not stressed out. Yeah. They're actors. It's not real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, you just got to find your little thing for afterwards. My, I think my, my sweet spot is those Mike Flanagan series because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's so much story and emotion and mm-hmm. the scares, like I don't even mind when there's a jump scare, like a couple jump scares per show or whatever. Yeah. But I like the I feel like it's the 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 dread or the the scares in it pay off so much more because mm. you get so invested in the characters and you mm-hmm. love them so much. And so mm-hmm. that stuff he has I mean he's he's got a perfect record with me. Like I've enjoyed everything that he that I've seen that he's done. We love Mike Flanagan. Yeah, love it. Haunting of Hill House, so good. Sammy oh, really loved Haunting of, Haunting of Bly Manor. Me too. No, yeah. I, I liked Midnight Mass. I, Haunting of Bly Manor, I'd rank third out of those three. But I would too, but I still really, I, I rewatch them every year. See, I found it a little too scary. I, I started trying to watch an episode of Hill House and I found it a little too scary. Hill House, I think, is the scariest one. I think Hill House is okay. the scariest one. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I agree. Okay. Hill House is, I think, the best one. It's like the most well done in my in my personal opinion. I, do. I, yeah. love, I, love I remember it you liked it. But um, I have to say, I completely agree where I feel the same way about if it's supernatural or if it's a ghost, I can easily rationalize it away. If it's a man, men are so scary. Like they're the scariest. That's unfortunately true. Yeah, they're the scariest. Yeah. They're the scariest. Just watch Miss Congeniality and, and they're I, scary in that. Wait, who was Christian Bale in Miss Congeniality? <laughs> no, Christian Bale. <laughs> um, it, Michael Caine is in Miss Congeniality. Oh. <laughs> God, I wish Christian Bale had so been in Miss Congeniality. You see Michael Caine, you immediately go to Miss Congeniality. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Christian Bale's oh like an God. intern. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I know I've, se- I know I've seen that movie. I don't remember Christian Bale. God, I, I wish Christian Bale had been he'd, in be it. A, he'd be an adult. God, he would have been great. We all wish that. I think. I think we all wish that. Yeah, we do. Ugh, I'm oh, in a real Christian God. Bale phase right now. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's great. So I watched rewatch American Hustle the other night. He's great. Love it. Oh, boy, that's commitment <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to rewatch that movie. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Well, so this movie in particular. This holds a special place for you, yes? Yes. I. This is one of the earliest movies I can remember seeing. I saw <gasps> this in the theater. <laughs> oh, my God, my dad, my dad took me and my little brother to see it. It was too much for my little brother. But I, I mean, it was... It was like 1975. Like I was a little kid and yeah. uh, I loved it. I loved it. I don't, I you don't remember <sighs> being scared by it. I do remember being scared of, of the water, you know, for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to, that's, that's a fear I, I retain to this day, but that's not just about sharks. That's about Same. anything that I deep, can't see. Deep water. Oh, oh my God. It's so scary. It's the scariest yeah. thing of all. It's so scary. I love being on boats, but I will not go into the ocean further than I can stand. Yes. Yeah. That's just I smart. have That's to be able to put smart. my feet on the sand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, yeah, I love this movie. I've seen it a million times. Um, I was thinking maybe I would go into this having not watched it just to see how I could do from memory. But then I thought if I miss one important detail, the whole thing will unravel. So I did watch it again this morning. <laughs> this is the earliest I've ever watched this movie. It was 10 a.m. <laughs> I love a morning horror watch. I have done it as well. <laughs> now, can I ask for uh, for Emily and Henley, have you not seen this movie? 
So, okay. So I, the only time I've ever kind of seen it was when I was at Katie Pinkard's house in like Hi, Katie. third grade. Hi Katie. Hi, Katie. And hey, Katie, who was my friend of me, Katie, you know what I'm talking Katie. about. Um, <laughs> um, and it was in the background and I, that's, I, I, all of this is to say, I basically have never seen it. I've just seen some visuals right. from it before, but I don't really have any knowledge of the movie at yeah. all. Honestly, Emily, I have seen it one time. I saw mm-hmm. it in high school. I took a, a, a film class in high school mm-hmm. um, and we and we had to watch it. But my but I it, my, I mean, my, my biggest fear is sharks and I don't care how bad people say the shark looks scared the hell out of me. Um, I just, uh, for me, it's like, I, the, it's the idea of a shark. It could look terrible, but if you're telling me it's a shark, I'm yeah. like, it makes me think of sharks and sure. then it's very scary. So for, for, re- for reference, one time Emily was stuck in traffic next to a bus that had an image of a shark on it. It was one of those 47 meters down movies and it was the whole <laughs> side of the bus. It, I, I think that's honestly irresponsible. And yeah, she got scared. She got scared. I really, I really do. So I think scared. that's not an okay thing to to force onto people. That was the longest light of your life. I was, being I was next not, to that bus. I was on Santa Monica in uh, West Hollywood. I wasn't oh, going no. anywhere. Oh no! <laughs> There's no escaping it. It's awful. I mean, sharks are. I, I I know that Peter Benchley has said because of the popularity of this, I regret doing this yeah. because I think it mm-hmm. it it fed into the the fear and hatred of sharks. But mm. it's hard not to be scared of them. It's really it's hard, hard to be scared of them. Yeah, They're I mean, we're people. Dinosaurs. They eat people. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they eat indiscriminately. They do eat enough people to make it like not safe. You know, it happens too often. <laughs> enough that you enough that you think about it. Like if it, yeah, if it was it. if it was one every ten years, you'd be like, well, okay, but it's like it's. <laughs> Oh, it's more than that. that. It's like 10 every year. And it's like they, but they don't just look a a pure killed by a shark is, is a little more rare, but Mm. even if in any interaction with a shark, a bite, even you see one in the water, like, can you imagine? No, there would be nothing scarier in the whole, right? (laughs) There'd be nothing scarier in the whole of human existence than to be in the water and see a shark. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, I think you're and right. I, I've, I've said this many times and I'll say it again. I feel like the burden is not on us, but the burden is on sharks to get better <laughs> at knowing what is food and what is not food. They've yeah. been on this earth billions of years. Like, figure it out, dude. Somebody in a wetsuit is not a seal. You've seen them enough times. You should know by now. And uh, the idea that they don't know if they like how something tastes until they bite it. It's like, come on, man. That's it's not true. good. Enough. I feel like they've done experiments on rats where they like shock a rat that does something. And then the next generation of rats all know, like, don't touch that thing. Like, why yeah. isn't the same happening for sharks here? Just exactly. shocking sharks left and right. <laughs> Pass that information down. You've learned something. Give it to the next generation. Fill a dummy in a wetsuit with sawdust. You know what I mean? Like, make it make it unpleasant so that they know, OK, that's not food. What are the scientists even doing if they're what not are, doing this? What are they they're doing? Saying, they're saying, one. be nice. Be nice to sharks. <laughs> I will not say for helpful. the record, sharks are my favorite animal. <laughs> Sammy, This is what? a reveal. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know She's that. A I, have a, I have a shark tattoo. I love sharks. Wow. Yeah, I do. So just well, had, to, right. had to say that. But, you know, Fair also enough. scientists, step it up. Both can be true. Step it up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm going to get sharks. I'm just saying get better at being a shark. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of time. More than anything. <laughs> More than anything. <laughs> yeah, man. Jaws has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Because, of course, 
but 87 on Metacritic, 8 on IMDb. IMDb is always the harshest. Notoriously low. <laughs> the budget for this movie was $9 million. Box office, $472 million. Holy shit. Incredible. What does that mean? Like over the entirety of the existence of Jaws? Or because it's like, did that does that count in every time they replay it in a movie theater? Probably. I mean, I don't know exactly how it works, but it is like a lifetime gross. Yes. It keeps right. going. It keeps going. Even still. Even that's still. A lot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the famously the first blockbuster, yep. like it it was a Ooh. huge, huge, huge success. I think it was in theaters for a year or something like that. Oh, oh my God. Shit. Right. Yeah. 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 And appara- it was like summer was not a time that big movies came out in right. 1975. <gasps> it was right. like that was when people were at the beach and people didn't really see movies during summer. And so, yeah, it was like the start of summer blockbusters. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Okay, this is somewhat unrelated, but as we were talking about this, you said summer, we were talking about Jaws. I just had a memory come back up in my brain Mm. (laughs) of when I was in middle school, I went to arts camp over the summer and you could do different things at arts camp. But one of the things is you could make a movie. And I was part of the group that made a movie and it was like a mixture of like middle schoolers and high schoolers. So I was definitely like the like, you know, like I had no say in anything that got done. I was just like along for the ride because high schoolers got to decide. And and we made a movie called Coconuts (laughs) (laughs) that was basically a parody of Jaws. But the killer's coconuts, not sharks. <laughs> I guess because statistically you're more likely to die from a coconut falling on you than uh, like a shark. Tracks. And and these are high schoolers who were like, We're so cool and smart, we know this. And I, I mean, it was in South Florida where like there are coconuts around, you know, that was an easy prop to get. Um and I'd never seen Jaws at this time, but I just now remembered that we made a movie called Coconuts. I wish I could get my hands on it. Oh, wait, you made the movie before you saw Jaws. You I made a parody Jaws. of Jaws before. No, I didn't know what we were doing. I was like 12. That's artistic, I got to say. Wow, Coconuts. I had completely forgotten that. If anybody has it. I want to say, yeah, I want to see, want to see want that to if see it exists coconuts. somewhere. I'm sure it's very bad. <laughs> Emily, what a fancy little lady you were. You're doing all these artistic <laughs> things. You're such a fancy little lady. <laughs> if, not, if nothing else, I was a fancy little lady. <laughs> um, okay, should we watch this trailer? Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, uh, oh, God, I'm nervous. I just realized I have to look at a shark. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change without passion and without logic it lives to kill a mindless eating machine it will attack and devour anything it is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws This is Universal's extraordinary motion picture version of Peter Benchley's best-selling novel, Jaws. I just found out that a girl got killed here last week. And you knew it. You knew there was a shark out there. You knew it was dangerous. But you let people go swimming anyway. Oh, my God. 
yell barracuda. Everybody says, huh? What? You yell shark. We've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Is it true that most people get attacked by sharks in three feet of water, about 10 feet from the beach? Yeah. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine, uh, an eating machine. We're not only going to have to close the beach, we're going to have to hire somebody to kill the shark. Bad fish. But I'll catch him and kill him. Did you hear your father out of the water now? This shark, swallow you whole. You're going to need a bigger boat. That's a 20-footer. 25. Three tons of them. Hold it up, he's coming straight for us. Don't screw it up now. Don't wait for me. Now! fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, Jaws. See it before you go swimming. See it. <laughs> oh. They don't. They don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Can we talk about how it's PG? Like, yeah. does that seem right? It's PG. Yeah. That's way too scary Ugh. for a PG movie. People just didn't know what to do with kids. Like they just <laughs> they had didn't. no idea. <laughs> they didn't know. It's wild. Yeah, it was PG. God. <laughs> 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 it looks terrifying. At least the trailer didn't try to make it look not terrifying to me anyway. It really I mean it really does look like being on a boat being actively attacked by a shark looks like the scariest thing imaginable. Yeah. I was getting stressed. That boat is too small. It's too small. It absolutely <laughs> looks like too small of a boat. That's the right. trailer, the trailer says it's as if the god made the devil on earth <laughs> and gave him jaws. <laughs> a mindless killing machine. Uh, oh wow. man and yeah i definitely think that's the same voiceover as the omen trailer oh it must for sure be. Yeah. it sounds very familiar we've definitely heard that voice before <laughs> wow okay wow i will say i like it's crazy even just seeing shots in that trailer that like i've just seen over and over and just moments that are like always Absolutely. shown in yeah. every important film montage like it's just it's burning in my brain. Even in some of the less important ones. If, yes. <laughs> mediocre. Just regular movie montages. Throw it in. Throw it in. Wow. Should okay. We, should okay. we do it? Should we recap it? Yeah. Let's do oh, it. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. I took my little notes. I'm all ready to go. I'm Ugh. scared. All right. <laughs> I will say, I want to say this. I think for movie chickens, this is a very manageable, scary movie. I think so, too, as long as yeah. you're maybe not terrified of sharks like Emily. But even Emily has seen it. 
And so I, mean, I, I keep, that's true. I keep wanting to see it again. I really, I really do. It's it's like been on my list of okay, maybe I could do that one, but then you know I'll, I'll always find an alternative before I, I commit. But maybe, <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll do it again. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website. And put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's a hundred dollars off and less than seven dollars per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary. For a hundred dollars off your first six bottles. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right. This is this movie opens um, with a beautiful underwater photography, some waving seaweed and so forth. Something is moving. We're seeing the POV of something moving. We're hearing what will be an iconic movie theme. You know, Hell it. yeah, the title comes up. <laughs> Then we smash to some of the most 70s college kids you've ever seen <laughs> hanging out on the beach, bonfire at night. Um, somebody's playing a harmonica. Hell yeah. <laughs> Classic hang. I don't know. I don't. Maybe that was a thing. I don't know. I would have thought acoustic guitar, but no, this guy's doing a harmonica. Everybody seems to be enjoying it. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. It's more portable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it if is you're more portable, to have a, yeah. A hang on the beach, just bring the harmonica. Yeah, Put it in I think you, you can swim with it, I think. So <laughs> it's practical. 
There's a, a young man and a young lady are making eye contact across the fire and you know it is on. Mm. So oh, hell yeah. they peel away from everybody and um, the, the young lady starts running down the beach. The guy is drunkenly following her. She is taking her clothes off as she's running. A skinny dip is clearly about to take place. The guy is having a hard time keeping up um, and she gets in the water. He's still trying to take his shoes off. He just kind of falls down and does not get back up again. She swims out and she's treading water. She's really enjoying this moonlight swim. She's like calling to him, come get in the water. He is clearly about to pass out. And then we see again, an underwater POV zooming up to this young lady's legs. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she feels something clearly pull her and then it is happening. She is being attacked by something. She is uh, being like uh, dragged back and forth through the oh. water. She's screaming. She's screaming. She uh, gets uh, uh, dragged over to a buoy. She hangs onto the buoy. This really got me. She says, and she starts to say an act of contrition as she is hanging on to oh, this no. Uh, buoy. Oh no. And then she is just being full on taken under the water. We cut back to this load passed out on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> the next, it's the next morning. We are in uh, a house. This is the house of Chief Brody and his wife, Ellen. Um, and he, they get up and we clearly see that he, based on their dialogue, that maybe they're new to the island. They haven't lived there long. Um, he gets a call. This is in the kitchen. This is how we find out he is the chief of police. Um, something serious has obviously happened. So he says, goodbye. I'm going to go check out, well, I got to go find out what this is. And she's like, be careful. And he says, on this island, are you kidding me? <laughs> then he gets to the station. Um, uh, no, he goes to the beach and he, we pass the, uh, a big billboard that says, welcome to Amity Island with a, uh, a, a artwork of a, a young lady in a bikini on a raft. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful pastoral scene. He is on the beach with this young kid, uh, the passed out load that we saw, uh, earlier mm-hmm. and they're, uh, chatting. Um, this girl that he was with last night has gone missing. He doesn't know what happened to her. Um, they they have a conversation where about, you know, is he from the Island? And he's, I really liked this, that he, <laughs> he said, my parents live in Connecticut. I live in Greenwich. And he said, um, but you were, uh, born here. He goes, yeah, I'm an Islander. And then they hear a whistle. It is Chief Brody's deputy, uh, Hendricks, who has found something. Uh, they walk over and they discover the remains of this girl. Um, what we see is kind of like we see a head with hair, like facing away from the camera. We see a hand and it's being uh, eaten. By, I'm sorry. It is being eaten by little crabs. It's so oh a God. lot of crabs. Yeah. There's, a, there's just a swarm of little crabs have been feasting on her apparently over the course of the evening. Crabs are disgusting. Crabs are absolutely disgusting. Crabs are little They're not sea the spiders. Best. Little not sea the best. spiders. They yeah. really are. There's, there's a lot that's weird with crabs and they need to knock it off too. <laughs> <laughs> We've got notes for a whole bunch of sea creatures. Yeah. How about this? First of all, walk normal. <laughs> so you will notice if you watch this movie that uh, as... You know, the deputies are overcome with what he's seen. Brody is looking at it. He's very uh, concerned. This kid does not know where to look. He's, <laughs> fucking, he's like a dog, like a trained dog on camera. What, he's what looking, looking all over the place. Yeah, what, what, what would I do in this instance? <laughs> 
Um, so uh, Brody goes to the station. He's on the phone with the coroner. And he, we just hear he's listening. And he types in on the report, uh, probable cause of death, shark attack. And uh, he goes, he asks, you know, Hendrix, where are the, the closed beach, beach closed signs? And he said, we don't have any. So Brody goes to, um, to get some supplies to make one of these signs. Um, we see the town is getting ready for 4th of July. This is a beach community. Obviously, 4th of July is very important. And so he gets all the stuff and uh, he's, he hands it off to Hendrix and Hendrix says, oh man, the, the Boy Scouts are, they're training for their merit badge badges right now. They're swimming, mm. you know, off the dock at so-and-so you got to go get them out of there. So, um, Brody runs over there. Uh, he gets on his own little like car raft or something. There's this, it's not a ferry. It's not a boat. It's just this, it's literally just a platform with a control that, um, Cute. as he gets, it's adorable. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> I mean, everybody had to have one after this movie came out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so as he's getting on here, uh, a car pulls onto uh, the little dock onto the onto his little raft. And it's um, the mayor, uh, Mayor Larry Vaughn, um, the editor of the newspaper, who is fun fact, played by Carl Gottlieb, who is one of the screenwriters. Mm, that's fun. Mm. And the coroner that he's already spoken with about this. And the mayor is saying, look, you can't shut down the beaches. This is extremely important. You can't just on your own authority. You're just going to go do this. You're not going to consult with, you know, the, the town council and me and all that. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? It's like, this is public safety. And, you know, we'll just we'll just close them down and, and until it's safe again and then open them back up. And the mayor's like, no, you don't understand. Like Fourth of July is about to happen and we can't do this. And maybe it wasn't a shark at all. And then he says, right, it could have been a boat accident. And they look at the corner and the corner, this little worm. He's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose that's possible. And, <sighs> you know, Brody's like, OK, you know, you're you're really um, tying my hands here. Um we won't close the beaches, but we will. We're going to take um, extra precautions. You know, the mayor's like, great, you take extra precautions, do what you can, but just don't close the beaches. We'll, we'll be very careful. I just want real quick the listeners to know that Paul is wearing the outfit of the mayor because that might not come across in the audio format, but it's important. It to might know. not. <laughs> it's important it might not to know. sound like he's wearing that outfit, but there. he is. <laughs> I was he trying is. to project that with my voice, but I understand yeah. how I might be too Making subtle. some vocal choices that would indicate a certain dress. Since I was a child and saw this movie, I was in love because I was a fancy little gentleman and I was in love <laughs> with, I was in love with the jacket that um, Murray Hamilton, who plays the mayor, wears in this, in this scene. It is a uh, a blazer that's like a light blue with um, big anchors all over it. And <laughs> I one time put it out there online that I was I I was trying to find this jacket. I mean, I've searched all over <laughs> for this jacket, could not find it. And somebody sent me uh, a swatch of this material and said, here's where you can find it. And so I went, I got the material. I went to my man Sibo in West Hollywood and he made me a three piece suit out of this oh, blazer material. Incredible. Yeah, I was thrilled, thrilled. So I, I had to throw it on for this. You, got, you can't blame me. I love it. I love it. Um, so, <laughs> um, so the next day we're on the beach and uh, 4th of July is looming. Um, everybody's on the beach and uh, Brody is 
freaked out, right? So everyone's frolicking and we see like a guy playing with his dog. He's throwing a stick. The dog's going in the water and uh, bringing the stick back. We see this little boy um, whose name is Alex Kintner say to his mom, like, hey, can I go in 10 more minutes? And the mom is like, well, all right. So he goes back out with his raft. Brody is on the beach watching this and he's seeing like false alarms. Like there's some sort of shape that's moving towards these people, like this black shape. And then it goes under them and then it turns out it's Harry. He runs the <laughs> hardware store or whatever. He's wearing a weird bathing cap. Hey. Um, Harry is also bald, so I don't know why he was wearing this. <laughs> protecting his head. <laughs> I, you know what? That's true. From sunburn. Absolutely. Sunburn, Harry, man. Harry, I apologize. Then he sees like these girls screaming and uh, he looks over. It's, of course, because some dudes, you know, they're just they're they're playing some grab ass in the ocean. <laughs> so his wife, uh, Ellen, is trying to relax him and like, hey, don't be so tense. Everything's going to be fine. And he like starts to relax. We're back underwater. We are hearing the iconic theme. We are seeing uh, Alex Kintner's raft from below and his legs kicking and then the music comes to a crescendo back to the beach. We see like this commotion in the ocean um, mm. and there's like the raft is flying up. There's tons of blood and people are like, what is good? Do you see that? Do you see that? Um, we, we also see to a, to a lesser extent, we see the stick floating in the water that the dog was chasing. <laughs> the guy's calling for the dog. Um, and then Alex gets attacked. Um, so and we also see this iconic. It's a rack focus, right? Of Brody on the beach. What is it called? Yeah, like a vertigo zoom. Vertigo zoom. Oh, yeah, where we go in and out at the same time. It brings a tear to my eye every time I see it because it's such a perfect shot. It's so good. And it conveys it conveys so much emotion. Like, so the camera is pulling away whilst zooming in yep. on Roy Scheider as Chief Brody. And he is like, there's so much in there that like, I this is happening and it's you sort of like, no, he's feeling this is happening and it's my fault because I didn't close the mm. beaches. Mm -hmm. This is, this is on him. He feels like it's on him. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, he Brody calls for everybody to get out of the water. Everybody gets out of the water and then it's quiet. And Mrs. Kintner, Alex's mom uh, is walking to the water's edge, calling uh, for him. She's looking around. She can't see so him. Sad. And then, and I will say, this is a bit much. The torn raft uh, washes ashore with and like, oh, like a fuck. little puddle of blood. And it's like, okay. okay. <laughs> we get so, it. We get, we get it. it. <laughs> okay, Stephen, we get it. We get it. The kid's dead. <laughs> so crazy. A kid, a kid is brutally kid is brutally murdered we watch kid get brutally yeah. murdered this movie's pg i'm just reiterating yeah. that one now, time what's amazing is like you i've seen this a thousand i've watched this movie a thousand times and that scene it is done so well because you don't really know what you're seeing mm -hmm. it's just mm. like this this movement and a shape and blood and everything and it's not like it's not as on the nose as you would mm. as as probably he would have done if the shark right. had worked properly, which is the famous lore of this movie yeah. was that the mechanical shark had all kinds of problems. And it of course made the movie a thousand times better than, than yeah. if we had seen it um, already. So I, I still, I think that scene is so effective because it's so it, it's scary. You don't know what's happening, mm -hmm. but you know, it's yeah. bad. Mm -hmm. Um, so the next day there is a uh, town meeting and Mrs. Kintner is offering a, a bounty for the shark. I think it's thirty thousand dollars. Three thousand. Like that. Three. Th oh, that's right. Because it's lo it's low stakes at this point. Yeah. So three thousand bucks. <laughs> 
and everyone's panicked about business, right? Everybody's like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Like, this is death for us. Are they saying this in front of the woman whose son died from a shark? <laughs> Mrs. Kidner wisely opted to not attend the town meeting. Because <laughs> okay, right. it does feel like the stakes are unevenly matched here. <laughs> she, she was like, hey, to someone, tell them I'll pay $3,000. Uh, let me know what happens. I'm going to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, smart. Yeah. So, um, so uh, Chief Brody gets up and says, hey, so we're going to take all these measures. Everybody's like, are you going to close the beaches or not? He's like, we're doing this and that. Just tell us if you're going to close the beaches. He says, yes, we're going to close the beaches. And everybody erupts. The mayor says only for 24 hours. Brody says, I didn't agree to that. Everybody's mm. going nuts. In the midst of this commotion, you hear literally nails on a chalkboard. You see a hand dragging nails down a chalkboard that's in this room. Everybody goes quiet. Um, they all turn around. There is a beautiful shot of this wild looking old lady. Um, that is one of my favorite things. <laughs> um, and we turn and we see it is Robert Shaw as Quint, uh, who is this old salt who is sitting there. He's got everyone's attention and he delivers this great speech about Listen, you guys don't know what you're doing. This is a great white shark. It's a big deal. If you give me $10,000, I'll go out and catch this shark. I'll give you the entire thing because you guys are going to fucking kill yourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just consider that and goodbye. And he leaves. So they close, they do close the beach for a day. Um, they put up the signs. Brody's like trying to study up on sharks, learn everything he can about them. Um, it's freaking him out. There, this is what I love about 70s movies. There's there's such real stuff like this. Like Brody is reading this book. You see these images that he's reading. Uh, his wife, Ellen, comes and sits down behind him and he is like, oh, he like turns, he turns around. He started, it scares, it, he scares her. Um, and it's like a great real marriage moment. I love, I love that stuff so much. And mm-hmm. I miss that kind of thing in movies. And he's like, you know, I, I don't know what to do. This is so bad. And we got to, we got to figure out what, what we're going to do about this. He asks, where is Michael? Uh, she says he's sitting in his birthday present, the boat that we gave him. And he's like, get, get, get up. <laughs> he's like, get out of that boat. Get out of that boat. And Ellen's like, come on, leave him alone. He's, he's, you know, you're going to freak him out. And he's like, well, I don't want him to be freaked out. In the meantime, yeah, Ellen looks at this, this picture of a, I know this. He, she looks at this picture of a boat attacking a shark, attacking a boat, like a painting. And she's like, get out of that boat. right now." <laughs> it's a great moment. Yeah. It's so good. So <sighs> that night, uh, two fishermen who are going after this bounty uh, go out on a dock um, and one of the guys has got his wife's Sunday roast. They stick a big hook in it. Um, they tie it to a tire and they throw it out uh, to catch the shark. And so the tide takes it out. You see the, the, the tire floating away. And as they're sitting there, they're uh, shooting the shit and everything. Uh, the rope goes taut. And it starts and they're like, Hey, we got him." The rope goes so taut. It pulls the dock away from the shore. So (gasps) this little tiny dock is like floating out. One guy gets carried out with it. He's just in, in the water by himself. Um, and you see the dock moving. Is it nighttime? It is nighttime. Then you see the dock (laughs) turning around and it starts to move towards the guy that's in the water. He is like, the guy, the guy that's still on shore is like, take my word for it. Don't turn around. Just swim as fast as you can. So he like swims. The dock, the dock, the floating dock is getting closer to him. 
his friend is like reaching out his hand. He's grabbing up. He's, he's his like wet feet are, are slipping on the dock uh, on what's left of the dock. He finally gets up and the dock just like floats into shore and is gone. <gasps> and so this guy barely escaped with his life. Fun fact about that. This was shot day for night and then it was all dubbed ADR. Um, mm. And it's a it's a great you would never know it until you until you are told that you would never know. it. Right. It's done oh, so cool. well. There's a f- yeah. Is there more day for night in this? I feel like. Did they do that? I think there might be. I'm trying to remember there. As we go on, I bet it'll it'll come to us that there was another scene that looked like because once you see this scene and you see that later scene, you're like, I think they did the same thing here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cool. So um, these guys don't catch the shark, obviously. Uh, (laughs) The next day, we see on the on the uh, the 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 I guess the main docks of Mm -hmm. of uh, you know the the marina of Amity. Yeah, it is absolute chaos. There's all these people in boats, like to varying degrees of competence. You know, like some some boats there's like ten guys on there, and they all have their little plans and shit like that. and this is when Matt Hooper arrives from the Oceanographic Institute at Woods Hole in the mainland. Um, and he's looking around like this is bad news. Um, he goes in uh, to he, he sees Brody and follows him into this little uh, uh, shack and uh, where Brody's like making calls like, hey, these guys are nuts. He's a great, a great scene where Brody's alone on the phone trying to get back up to deal with this. Uh, his man Hendrix is out there uh, on the on the on the pier and uh, he picks up like some uh, pennies or something and throws them at the window. And Hendrix turns around and just waves. <laughs> and he's like, no, get in here. It's so good. So he says, look, go out and talk to these guys. You know them. And he's like, I don't know these guys. There's people from all over that have heard about this <gasps> bounty. And now this is just three thousand dollars for three thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to understand. In 1975, that was a million dollars. So these guys are all going out uh, with their stupid plans to catch the shark. And meanwhile, Hooper goes to examine the remains of the, the girl, Chrissy, that was the first attack. And he's in there with in the coroner's office with the coroner and Brody. And he's looking at it. And like you can see from his face. This is bad news. And he he knows right away this is a shark attack. And so yeah. he's mm-hmm. describing it, you know, um, in, in clinical terms as he's looking at it. At one point, um, he looks at the corner and he's like, this wasn't a boat accident. He's like pissed. Um, he takes a pen and he lifts up the arm and you can see like a huge bite has been taken out of this girl's forearm. Mm-hmm. And he puts it back down and he's like... Here's what happened. A shark bit this girl. It was on a mm-hmm. propeller. It was not Jack the Ripper. It was a shark. And you've got to do something about this. Yep. We mm. see these guys out on the water again. They're like, <laughs> people are like, they're chumming the water, like throwing fish guts in there or like just like, like look like cuts of meat. One guy is like just lighting fucking M80s and throwing them in the water. <laughs> It's wild that we, we also, there's a great little mini monologue by this guy, Ben Gardner, who is a local fisherman who's mentioned many times. He just does this rambling speech as he's going out there. Boy, where do we get those sons of bitches out on those rocks? I wish your fathers and their mothers would start turning their bombs down those rocks, boy. It's so, it's so great. He's clearly like a local hire, this guy. Oh, so but that funny. was his moment. 
Yes, that yeah. was his moment, and he fucking he, it. he ate it up. So <laughs> Hooper gets back to the, the Hooper and Brody get back to the the pier where they have caught a shark. We we you know we cut to a shark mouth being opened. It's like a bloody mouth. Um, everybody's very excited. Like we did it, we did it. Um, it's these. It's one of these boats with ten guys on it. They they caught this shark. They they hoist it up on the dock so everybody can see. They take a picture for the paper. Hooper is very skeptical, and he's like. I don't think this is definitely the shark. He goes and measures the mouth and everything. At one point, this is one of my favorite moments. Um, the guys that caught it are looking at it and they're like, what kind of shark is this? I think it's a Macau. I think it's this, that. And Hooper says it's a tiger shark. And a guy turns around to him. This big burly guy turns around and says, a what? <laughs> it took me, I want to say I watched this movie probably 10 times before I realized, oh, he's making fun of him. Because we see this guy, we see this guy talk in in other scenes where he's like he has a normal voice, but he's oh he's making fun of this city guy and putting on a little a feminine you know a what and it's it's a great moment. So then uh, Hooper goes up to Brody and says, "Look, I don't think this is the shark." And the mayor overhears this and starts walking over there, and he's like, "It could be, it probably is, but." The bite radius doesn't match and you want to be sure that you have the correct shark. And the mayor's like, no, this is this is it for sure. And uh, Hooper says the, the best way to find out is we cut the shark open and the remains of the, the kinder boy would, would be in there. It's less than 24 hours, um, oh. you know, and oh. the mayor says, no, there's no way I'm going to let you do that. This, this is the shark. End of story. Goodbye. So right after that. Everybody kind of turns and looks, and what they see is Mrs. Kintner being walked by presumably her father. They're dressed in mourning. She's got a veil over her face. She walks up to Chief Brody and, and says, Chief Brody, and he says yes. Oh, she takes up her veil and says, Chief Brody, he says yes. And she slaps his face. And she says, I just heard that somebody else, a, a young woman was attacked before my son was killed. So you uh, knew there was a shark oh, out there, no. and you left the beaches open. And it's it's tough man like this is a it's such a good scene it's brutal oh, that's devastating. and oh it's horrible and he he knows it and mm -hmm. you know hooper uh, I, I can't remember if it's hooper or the mayor says she's wrong martin and he goes no she's not some some trivia though just so you know she actually slapped him she was not doing a yes. good job fake slapping and so they did 17 yes. takes of her actually slapping him yeah 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 what yeah and people would people who <laughs> People who are Jaws aficionados who have met her, because she still lives on Martha's Vineyard where this oh was shot. Oh my God, shot. they make her slap I, I think she's still alive. Yes, they will ask, will you, will you slap <laughs> That's <me?"> awesome. <laughs> that, I think that is the, that's the origin of people like, <laughs> oh my God, uh, uh, you know, Adam Driver slit my neck open and drink my blood. <laughs> Mrs. Kinder slapped my this face. This is the first. So... <laughs> Um, Hooper, uh, uh, Brody is back home. He's, he's devastated. He is like, you know, he's, he's had a few drinks. He's sitting there at the table. Uh, he can't eat, you know, and he's there with his little son, Sean, his youngest. And there's this wonderful moment that I think kind of happened by accident. And then they, um, they made it a scene where Brody is like, got his head in his hands. And then he's, you know, kind of, uh, 
you know, rubbing his, his chin and he sees that the little boy, his little son is mimicking his movements. So then they start to do this little game where Brody is, is making faces. He's doing these things with his hands. And the little boy is, is mimicking him. Ellen is in the doorway of the kitchen watching this. It is a, it's a beautiful, tender moment mm. in, in the midst of this character's, you know, story. And, you know, at, at the end he says to his son, give us a kiss. And his son says, why? And he says, because I need it. And so the little boy kisses him on the cheek. That's really sweet. It's so good. And then there's a knock on the door. And guess who's here? It's Hooper with two bottles of wine. Um, He comes in and sits down and um, says, (laughs) I forgot about this. (laughs) Like Martin's food is, Martin Brody's food is untouched in front of him. He's like, is anybody eating this? And he just takes a full plate of food and starts eating this. Nice. Love the confidence. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, he assessed the situation pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I think he so, was right. Look, so, I brought wine. Give me his yeah, food. Absolutely. Uh, red and white. Didn't know what you were be serving. So um, <laughs> he st- he tells his story and he's like a rich kid from, you know, somewhere in, in uh, uh, on. I, I, I think this is supposed to be New York State. You know, this is all. Mm. I think Amity is supposed to be off of New York. Um, and he's like this rich kid from New York who, uh, you know, has been studying sharks all his life. He grew up on boats and stuff like that. And so he's had the, um, the 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 life of leisure uh that you one needs in order to make sharks a full-time hobby. <laughs> um so um he says uh you know you know that's not the shark and um the only way we could have proved it is to cut open the shark. And uh Brody's like <laughs> Brody <laughs> has opened up a, a bottle of red wine and he pours a <laughs> A full water glass of red wine for himself. <laughs> and then, and this is the thing I noticed. I've noticed something new every time I watch this movie. This is the first time I noticed there were ice cubes in the glass. Oh my God. <laughs> so he's, just, he's just got this water glass. He pours red wine in and then he pours each of them a normal glass of wine. I didn't even wine. notice it. I just watched it and I thought it was for sure a beer because yeah, it's a 16 ounce like glass of wine. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can hear, That's you can like funny. see the glasses, the glass, the ice cubes tumbling in there. And so um, Brody's like, okay, well, why don't we we're going to go down there and cut the shark open. And uh, Ellen says, can you do that? And he says, I can do anything. I'm the chief of police. So drunk, he and uh, 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 Hooper go to the dock, to the little shack where this uh, shark carcass is being kept. This is very artfully done. Um, Hooper knows how to, knows where to cut. He takes a big knife and the shark's back for, uh, you know, lack of a better term is to us. And so Hooper, you can see that he is making, um, uh, hidden from the camera. He's making an incision in the shark. This gross milky substance first oh, floats ew, it's out. It's so nasty. Oh. It's so gross. It's so gross. And it oh. must have smelled horrible. Well, the shark that they had strung up in the previous scene was a, a real shark. So I'm, I don't know if. <gasps> yes. I don't know. This one, I'm sure, is not. But they said it smelled. This one, I think, is fake. It smelled yeah, very it, bad in that previous scene because they had to ship it in from Florida. Oh, shit. It was shit. like a shark that had been killed in Florida and they shipped it in. And wow. so it only came in like a few days later and they said it smelled very bad. <laughs> Ew. Oh, yeah. And you can, Ew. when you see it on the dock, there's like flies on it and stuff. Like this is, this is the real deal. So, um, so he's like, he's pulling out, you know, like a fish head. Then he pulls out like a whole fish and a whole intact fish. Then like a tin can. And he says, um, you know, tiger sharks, this is a tiger shark. They're like, they'll eat, they're like goats. They eat garbage. Um, he says it came up through Southern waters. Um, Brody says, how do you know? He pulls out a license plate from Louisiana and tosses it over to him. 
so they're like, well, this isn't it. We know for sure this is not the shark because there's no human remains in here. So um, Hooper has a boat. He says, let's go, let, let's go out and look for it. So they get on his fancy high-tech boat and they're talking and we learn why Brody moved to Amity because he was a New York cop and he just got overwhelmed by the idea that he couldn't make anything better. Like there was mm. crime everywhere, especially in the seventies, it must've been insane. Mm-hmm. And like, he he felt like he couldn't make a difference, but he felt like moving here, he could, he could actually matter to a community. Um, and he's, he's at this point, he's just drinking straight out of a bottle of white wine. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Hooper, so they find, you know, Hooper's got like sonar and radar and all this shit on his boat. They find, um, they're getting like a blip on, on his radar and they find a, it's a boat, a sunken boat, a half sunk boat. And, uh, uh, Brody says, oh man, that's, that's Ben Gardner's boat. Let's tow it in. And Brody, Hooper's like, no, 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 let me dive in there. I'll put on my, my scuba suit. I'll go in and just check it out. And he's like, I think we should tow it in. And he's like, no, we should definitely let me go in the water. He's so and confident check this out. about it. Like, it's going to be fine. He loves sharks. He loves them. <laughs> Seems he's, crazy. he's a regular Sammy. <laughs> so he gets all suited up. He goes down. He's got a flashlight and he sees like this big hole in the side of the boat under the water. And he finds a tooth, like a huge uh, serrated tooth. And he's looking at it and he's holding on to it. And he's looking in the, in the boat further and then one of the greatest jump scares in film history, uh, a uh, horrible head floats into uh, the center of the hole in the boat. Um, it's like been under there for a few days, obviously. Uh, one of the eyes has been eaten out by who knows what. Um, it's mottled and gray and gross. And it's oh. that's Ben Gardner, the guy who oh. gave the famous speech. Oh. My, my cat jumped. It scared my cat. Oh, he got oh. a cat. That is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it does help that there's a huge musical sting yes. when it comes out. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's yeah. a great effect. It's such a great effect. Um, and Hooper is like freaked out. He drops the tooth um, and he comes back up to the surface. And the next day they go to Mayor Vaughn and they say, you have to close these beaches. I found this tooth. Oh, but they're outdoors, by the way. They're on the beach where somebody has defaced the Welcome to Amity sign. They've put big scared eyes, painted big scared, scared eyes on the girl in the bikini and a, and a, a fin in the water um, and nice. a word bubble saying, ooh, help shark. <laughs> um, so uh, the mayor's there. Brody and Hooper say, you got to do this. Uh, Bro- Hooper says, I found this tooth. He's like, where is this tooth? I don't see it. He's like, I lost it. Um, <laughs> he goes, look, um, I know you want to prove that there's a shark here so you can get your name in National Geographic, but this is there. We are not closing the beaches. Uh, the water is safe. They found a shark. Um, and look, this is this is vandalism. That's our biggest problem right now. Um, and so he won't budge on closing the beaches. I think it's linked to the shark, my dude. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> me. I think so. The vandalism but... seems like the kind of shark problem came first. <laughs> you can't tell this guy anything. You can't talk to this no. guy. <laughs> Impeccably dressed, but unreasonable. Exactly. <laughs> His two chief qualities. So um, the next day, it's 4th of July. We see people coming in from all over. The beaches are packed. Um, there's a, a news crew out on the beach, and they're doing a, a story saying, like, this town was plagued by fears of a shark, but now here they are. Everybody's out there. Fun fact, that reporter is played by author Peter Benchley. Ooh. Is this where he says, like... A cloud came into the town. Yes. A cloud yeah. in the shape of a shark. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It really made me laugh. And then he, and then he felt bad about it. Yeah. So uh, 
the, everybody's there, but nobody's getting in the water. So the mayor goes up to this family. This is the wildest family because <laughs> it's like these two seemingly older people. And he's like, you got to get in the water. Take your kids mm-hmm. in the water. And the kids get up. The kids are very young. So it's like, are these the parents or the grandparents? Uh-huh. Or is this just the 70s? And that's what, <laughs> that's what families look like. So this the they all join hands and they get in the water and then other people start to get in the water you know the family's very nervous but everyone else is like oh okay it's fine it's great um but side note i don't know what he's complaining about everybody's still there like everyone's on the beach like it's fine they still need to buy stuff at the stores yes exactly (laughs) there's no money in the water itself so um they're taking all kinds of precautions. They have uh, people on lifeguard stations. They have spotters all over the place. They have a helicopter. They have uh, 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 Coast Guard boats, mm-hmm. all that. Brody tells his son, Michael, to tell take his new boat to the pond. This estuary he says, go over there where it's you know less crowded. And he's like, oh, but that's for old ladies. And he's like, just do it for me. you know. So he reluctantly goes over to this, uh, what seems to be the safer area. Um, you know, we see uh, underwater view, lots of legs splashing around, stuff like that. And we know that uh, from what Hooper has told us, this kind of the, like how we are in the water mimics fish in distress. And that's why sharks are attracted to us mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. like, Oh great. This fish is dying. And then they're like, Oh, this fish has arms and legs somehow. You fucking <laughs> idiot. Do better. <laughs> Do better. Do better. So, sharks. <laughs> so the mayor's interviewed. He couldn't be happier. It's like the sun is shining. The beaches are full and you know, <laughs> amity means friendship and all this. So um, then we see these people, you know, having a conversation in the water and then this fin comes toward them. Somebody sees it shark. Everybody's going crazy. Like this is absolute madness. People are losing their shit. People are swimming out of the water. There are two instances of grown men knocking Uh, kids over. There's one old man that pushes a kid off of his like floaty so that he can get on the floaty. Exactly. (laughs) One guy for no reason just pushes over a raft with four kids on it. It's like, give me that. You can go around that. What? So That's how it really happened. 100%. Absolutely. So everybody's losing their mind. Um, you know, people are, uh, somebody blows a whistle and Brody's like, no whistles. We're trying not to have a panic, you know, but there it's bad. And like, there's people that have, that have to be dragged out of the water because they got essentially trampled. Mm -hmm. Um, it's quiet. Everybody's looking around like, okay, it's fine. (laughs) We cut to these two kids, um, in scuba gear and they have a fake fin and they, they come up out of the water. They turn around. There's all these Coast Guard guys on a boat pointing guns at them. <laughs> and the, one kid's like, he made me do it. And so Hooper radios into uh, Chief Brody. Like, it's just some kids playing a prank. Then we, <laughs> we cut to a girl with a ton of patches on her jeans mm-hmm. is walking along near the pond. And she sees the 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 dorsal fin and the I don't know what the back fin is called, but it's a great shot because it it looks scary. It's quiet. You just see it silently. This thing is gliding through the water and this girl very stunted delivery, I have to say. But (laughs) I mean, maybe she was trying to make it realistic. Like if I were scared, I wouldn't be perfectly enunciating shark. But she literally goes, shh. Shark. (laughs) So she's going shark in the pond, shark in the estuary. Ellen says, um, Michael's in the estuary. Brody starts hauling ass to this pond. Um, 
we see this fucking mansplaining dude in another boat. We, so we see Michael and his friends in their little boat. This dude comes up in another boat like, hey, you guys okay over there? Here's what you got to do. <laughs> we see the shark coming towards the boats. The shark knocks over both boats, right? And this, so this dude that was trying to help them out uh, with his unsolicited advice, he is, he's trying to swim back to his boat. This is the first real glimpse we see of the shark underwater. We see him, the, the, the blurry image, the watery image of the shark go towards this guy. He starts screaming. We cut back to, uh, you know, the view from the beach and we see there's a commotion. This guy is screaming. We go back. The shark is like biting into him. Uh, presumably we cut to underwater. This guy's disembodied leg with its shoe oh, on it, it no. floats down. We see the top of the stump is like all bloody and bits are hanging out. Yeah. It's, it's really gross. It's still very good. Unfortunately, we do follow it all the way down where it hits the bottom. And then you see the sh- this leg is definitely made of rubber. because it's, yeah, like, it's like It jiggles boing, a little boing, bit. Boing, boing. Yeah. So see, if, if you're scared, there's all kinds of things like this that are very helpful along the way. So, um, Brody is still running over there. We see kind of shark's eye view. The shark uh, heads towards his son, Michael, and then just veers away, which is apparently a thing that sharks will do. Like they, they don't necessarily eat everything in sight. They might just, they might eat, they might bite this thing and go past this other mm-hmm. thing. You, you don't know what they're going to do. So um, they get Michael out of the water. He's in total shock. Um, and uh, they take him to the hospital at the hospital, they're admitting Michael and the guy pushing the gurney that Michael is on. I never noticed this before, but looks a lot like John Early. Um, so that's another fun little uh, Easter egg. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, he's like a, he's like a seventies John Early. Love it. And um, so they put him they put him in the hospital. Uh, Vaughn is there. The mayor Vaughn isn't there. He's clearly in shock. Like he's just he's just. <laughs> Like he's dejectedly smoking in the hospital. Um, And Brody says, okay, come with me. And he takes him into this room, pulls the curtain. He says, "Uh, you're going to sign this thing, giving Quint the authority and the money to get this shark. Mm. And he's the mayor's just in shock. Like I was, I was acting in the town's best interest. He's like trying to talk himself into uh, being okay about this. And um, Brody's like, just sign it. And he goes, Martin, my kids were on that beach too. And then Martin hands him a pen and he signs the thing. And, and so Brody leaves now. Oh boy. Oh boy. Brody and Hooper go to meet Quint in his shark shack, which is like this, this cabin by the, by the dock that is covered with shark jaws, um, all over. (laughs) Um, this guy is like a shark guy. So, um, he is, very antagonistic towards Hooper. He's barely polite to Chief Brody. And this was also a thing that it took me a long time to notice that when you are younger and you watch this movie, you think Quint is such a cool character. Like he's really fun. And then when you get older, you realize this guy's a fucking dick. He's an asshole. He's horrible. He is an asshole. He's, uh, he is, he is toxic masculinity. Yeah. Like he is mm. truly terrible and he makes things worse by being this way. Yeah. So <laughs> he's like, I'm just going to go out there by myself. And he's like, no, we got to go out there. And um, it's my party. It's my charter. We're all going to go out there. He starts like um, uh, trying to, uh, you know, pull some, um, uh, Dick Marion contest with Hooper. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, the scene is set like these guys are not going to get along. And so mm-hmm. they go out to the boat. Um, you know, uh, Quinn agrees to let them both come out. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ellen is seeing him off and she is freaked out. And like, once he gets on the boat, she turns and she runs away. It's, it's like, 
that's such a, I love that moment so much. I think that's a, a great detail to include that this is, this is terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah. says, yeah. just tell the kids it's I'm going really fishing, scary. you know? Um, mm. So they, they're out on the boat. Brody is chumming. He's throwing fish guts in the water. Um, Quint is sitting in the, in the fishing chair um, and he's drinking a beer. He drinks the whole beer. Uh, he just chugs the beer in one go and he crushes the can while looking at Hooper. <laughs> Very funny moment. Hooper finishes his plastic cup of water and then crushes that. <laughs> That's great. So, um, Quint says, hey, drop another marker for this chum so we know where where we are. Brody goes back. He pulls the wrong rope and undoes uh, some of uh, Hooper's equipment. These scuba tanks roll out um, and Hooper like like jumps and, and stops them from rolling. He's like, you got to be careful with this stuff. It's compressed air. And if you you drop it the wrong way, this whole boat could blow up. You know, he's like, OK, Jesus. So um, this is a great ominous thing. Quint's line uh, starts rolling. So it clicks and he looks down at it and then it's slowly click, 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 clicking. So something has taken the line, right? So it's, it's clicking, clicking slowly. And he's like getting, he's getting into this, um, you know, harness, dropping himself into the chair. Uh, he puts the, the fishing rod in this, uh, holder. Um, and he, he thinks he's got the shark and then, the line just goes. And so he's got something he's trying to, you know, reel it in. It's like, it's impossible. Um, eventually the line snaps and, you know, uh, uh, Hooper flies backwards. Uh, you know, Hooper's pulling on the line. Uh, he and Brody fly backwards. Brody hits his head and, you know, Quint's like, you're bleeding. Go take care of that. Later. Uh, it's a little bit later. Quint tells Brody, start chumming again. And, um, you know, Brody's like, why can't Hooper do it? And he's like, Hooper drives the boat chief. So uh, Brody is muttering like, why do I have to do this? He, I can, I can drive the boat, you know, whatever. As he's chumming out these fish guts, um, he throws out a little shovel full. And then you see the shark. This is now we're getting a clear view of the shark comes out of the water. Brody sees it snaps up. He slowly backs into the cabin of the boat and says to Quint, you're going to need a bigger boat. Oh. Everybody goes crazy. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. <laughs> so um, now they go out and they look and they see like the 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 length of this shark. You know, Hooper's like it's twenty feet. Um, Quint says it's twenty five. He Quint uh, gets this harpoon gun and he's going to tie this harpoon. The harpoon is tied to a barrel that will then. Um, uh, you know, the harpoon goes in the shark, the barrel will slow the shark down, you know, so he can't go, he can't dive. Um, it'll keep him up and tired and everything. Um, as he's getting this already, um, Hooper runs and gets this, uh, tracking device and slaps it on the barrel just in time. Quint shoots the barrel goes, the, the, the harpoon goes in the shark, the barrel is away. And so now we know where the shark is by seeing this barrel. Mm-hmm. There's a call on the radio. So Quint goes in and they say it's uh, the chief's wife wants to talk to the chief and he says, put her on. And he says, Hey, Mrs. Brody, everything's great. Uh, we're just fishing here. And uh, your, your husband caught a couple bluegills. Uh, no big thing news to report yet. We'll call you later. Okay. Goodbye. And he hangs up. Um, nobody, nobody knows that this has happened except us. Uh, we see the barrel being dragged. They chase it. Um, the barrel goes under. Um, that night they're in the cabin of the boat. They don't know where the barrel is. They haven't seen it. Brody is like touching his head. He's worried, uh, about it. And Quinn says, Hey, don't worry. It's not going to be permanent. You want to see something permanent. 
and he pulls out a false tooth. Then uh, Hooper uh, shows a scar that he has. Then they start trading scars that they've gotten, and they're really getting into it, having a good time. At one point, great cutaway. <laughs> Brody lifts up his shirt to look at his appendix scar, and he's like, nah, I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's really funny. And then, so everybody's laughing, and uh, they're they're getting along for the first time. And uh, Brody says, "Hey, Quint, what's that one uh, there on your arm?" And uh, Quint says, "Oh, I had a tattoo removed." And uh, oh, what tattoo? Um, the USS Indianapolis. And Hooper stops laughing, and he goes, "You were on the Indianapolis." Then Ro- Robert Shaw goes into this very famous speech about the USS Indianapolis, which is a true story of this uh, secret mission that this, uh, uh, was it a aircraft carrier? I think maybe. I can't remember, but we talked about it once on the podcast because I found out okay. about it by, <laughs> there's another podcast I listen to called Obsessed and one of the the hosts on that, Mary Beth Barone. Oh, Joseph Scrimshaw? No, it's Mary Beth Barone and, and Benito Skinner. Oh, this is a different the Obsessed. A different Obsessed. <laughs> and Mary Beth Barone once talked about... There is a she was obsessed with a there's a video on YouTube where you can watch the Titanic sink in real time. (laughs) And I woke up one morning and decided that I would do that. And I was really, really into it. I I skipped forward a bit until because it like it goes just in real time. And it's a model of it happening with little blurbs coming up of like 12. Like pop up video. Yeah. Yeah. Like like 12, 15 p.m. Safe or ship 37 goes out with, you know, 20 people on board it's like i found it really fascinating and then i you know we talk a lot about vessel heads on our show too uh of course so i i'm a true vessel head and this just (laughs) led to me doing vessel research and then i found out about the uss indianapolis i had of course heard this monologue before but had never assumed that it was real and so it was like learning it for the first time and then piecing together Mm -hmm. that this was that i was like holy shit i can't believe this happened yeah i can imagine nothing more horrifying oh it's the more it's the scariest fucking thing and i mean you guys so if people don't know (laughs) the story is and this was a real story the uss indianapolis was a a a navy vessel that um delivered uh, important components of the um the atomic bomb in world war ii um the mission was secret so when they were coming back um they got torpedoed by the japanese no one knew where they were because it was a secret mission so I think it was something like 900, I think 300 went down with the yep. ship, 900 were in the water, yep. um, just floating, like waiting for, for help. But no um, distress signal, nobody coming. No. And they were in the water for, I think, four days, yeah. was it? And I think more than, how many were taken by it sharks? It was only 316 survived. So that's like close to 600 people dying just floating yeah. in the water i don't know Two-thirds i don't know how many were killed by sharks because some of them you know was by dehydration yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. but yeah man just being in if floating in the water for four days people being eaten by sharks around you dying of thirst mm-hmm. probably like some of them i think were like hallucinated there's like there's interviews with survivors of it uh yeah oh, there's a documentary about it but it yeah i truly can't imagine anything more horrifying 
And one detail yeah. that I told that I'm sorry, I'm going to tell again, even though it's so gross and upsetting, is that when they got rescued and they were pulling them out of the water, their like skin would fall off because they were so <gasps> like waterlogged that when they tried to pull them up by their life vests, like their skin would like slip <laughs> through it. And so they had to like, <laughs> oh my God, oh my God it's so horrifying. And those poor people. And I just can't wow. believe it's a real thing that happened. Real life is yeah. the scariest thing of all. You guys, we talk about it, it a lot. Is. So true. So <laughs> true. A, lot, a lot of bad things can happen. <laughs> once you uh, exist yeah remember my wordle story yeah <laughs> <laughs> terrifying so wait one more quick thing about this once. yeah <laughs> when we when we talked about this we were like i can't believe there hasn't been like a horror movie made after about this it's just too horrifying that's why they haven't done it it's too horrifying oh to watch that for like two hours yeah <sighs> oh yeah so we thought the exact same thing but after that aired listeners dm'd us and they were like they're was a movie that was made about this starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I started to watch this movie and it was so fucking boring. Like I, I got, I got 20 minutes into it. And I was like, I'm not going to stick around to see people eaten by sharks. Yeah. If this movie sucks this bad already. <laughs> Like, that's not a reward. No. No. no, no. This is what I, buckle in. Yeah. Yeah. Horrifying. Horrifying. Another thing about this speech, um, it was not in the original screenplay, mm. um, but I believe it was written, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sammy, if you know this, that it was, it was written to give the character of Quint um, essentially a reason to be the way that right. he is about this shark. Yeah. Because he... He's very, he becomes very single-minded yeah. about it. And it was like, what is his reason for doing this and not listening to anybody else? And it's this. Thank God they added it in. Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's critical. so good. And it, yeah, it's so critical. And yeah. And, uh, I remember reading that, um, uh, w the first attempt at it, Robert Shaw decided I want to be really drunk for this to oh, do it. A great idea. And of course it sucked. <laughs> don't, if you're an actor listening to this, don't do that amateur hour bullshit just because you heard some other famous person do it or whatever. Jeremy Strong, whoever the fuck, <laughs> don't do it. You're not acting then, you idiot. So We're big Jeremy Strong apologists here, so sorry. <laughs> I, hey, I understand, but you, you can't you can't give him that one. That's not good. Sure. So no, that's, that's rude. It's rude. It's rude. It's rude. It's rude. It's disrespectful for your it's coworkers. Rude. It's, a, it's a it's a collaborative yes. medium. Yes. It's selfish and it's rude. Yeah. Yes. Um, and also, it, it, it act it. That's your yeah, that's that's job. That's the fun. Just do the thing. That's it's the also the, thing. the only thing you're there to do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the only thing. So, um, they uh, there's like a moment of of silence after. Quint uh, uh, retells this horrible story um, and uh, you know he, he finishes by saying I'll never put on a life jacket again anyway we deliver the bomb um, so then there's a moment of silence um, then you hear a wail in the distance it's quiet again Quint starts to sing his signature tune farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies <laughs> um, nobody joins in <laughs> then Hooper starts to sing show me the way to go home and then they all start to sing. They're all like drunk and bummed out. And um, it, it's like this real fun bonding moment for them. Then at one point there's a big bang. Um, and we see that uh, the part of the sides of the boat, the boards are being pushed in uh, and water's like getting through. Uh, Quint notices first and he says, okay, this, this is bad. So they all scramble. The shark is uh, unseen is just ramming the boat, attacking it over and over again. Um, it's very Moby Dick. Like it's, 
it, it's fucking this boat up. And so then the power goes out They're They're like running around in the dark, trying to figure out what to do. Um, we can see the barrels because of the, uh, tracker that, um, Hooper has put on one of them. Uh, we can see the barrel. So it's flashing so we can see it. Um, they see it outside. Uh, the the ship is taking on water. Quint just starts firing a rifle at the at the shark. Brody gets his service revolver um, and he loads it. And behind him, we see um, overhead a shooting star, which becomes a Spielberg uh, signature mm. from then oh. on. Um, I think this is the first one. I, th- I feel like this was the first yeah. one. Because um, this is his first big movie. And I yeah. think that was a real one. I think that was like a it happy was real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. It's perfectly framed. Like when you see it, what? it's unbelievable. Yeah. The yeah, luck. Yeah, yeah. The luck. So um, the next day, uh, Quentin Hooper trying to fix the boat um, and the barrel pops up. Um, they grab the barrel line. They tie it to a cleat in the stern. They're leaning over the boat. Brody fucks up and he he ties it behind Hooper so that when the line goes taut again, we saw that in the trailer, it just Ugh. smashes, smashes his legs against the boat. And guess what? <laughs> this doesn't come into play at all. I don't know why this had to happen. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just unpleasant. It has no effect it's on a, anything. It's, like a, it's a stressful moment. <laughs> it's a stressful moment. I think that's, moment. The per- that's, the, that's all yeah. we get. But it did stress me out. So, <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You see it tightening and he's like, oh, <laughs> Quint's like, Hooper, no. Or Brody, no. Um, so, um, they get, they get Hooper out, uh, Quint manages to shoot another barrel into the shark. Um, and, uh, the shark goes down under the water with two barrels, which is kind of a big deal. Like this, this should not be easy for this shark to do, but it goes all Mm. the way down. Um, so the, they're like, what the fuck? And then the barrels pop up a little bit away. Um, and they start moving out to sea. So they start chasing after him. Um, you know, they're kind of like, it's, it's kind of like a, a light seafaring moment very briefly where they're kind of admiring the shark. Even Brody is smiling. Like the music is very adventurous. Um, but then unfortunately the, the boat is fucked up. It's spewing smoke. This is bad news. They get the barrel ropes again, tie them to the cleats. The ropes start moving. The barrels start moving. And now the the shark is pulling the boat out to sea. Um, oh, no. It's it tilts at one point. The scuba tanks almost fall over. Brody stops them. Remember the shark? These these tanks are a big deal. They could explode. They could explode. They could explode. So <laughs> maybe they will. The shark is is so powerful. It is pulling the cleats off of the boat, and they're like, "We got to get the ropes off. It's going to tear out the whole back of the boat." Um, then it starts coming towards the boat. Quint fires a third barrel into the shark. And now the boat, now the shark with three barrels starts dragging the boat out to sea. Uh, finally, it rips out the cleats that uh, the ropes were tied to. Um, all three barrels pop up. Um, so the, the, he goes under with three barrels. Then there's like a silence. They're like, he's ripped out the cleats. The boat is fucked up. They're just sitting, they're just standing there looking out the sea. And then the three barrels pop up. This moment is seared into my brain forever as the commercial break for when it would air on <laughs> network television when I was a kid. That's crazy. Um, I always expect whenever I watch it, I expect there to be a commercial. Like a Pavlovian response where you're like, I could use a drink. And you're like, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Snack time. 
So um, <laughs> Quint says he can't go under with three barrels. Hooper's like, have you ever seen this one before? Well, well no, of course you haven't. <laughs> this reminded me of in The Bachelor, anytime anyone is like, everything's going great and nothing could ruin this perfect evening. And it's just like <laughs> a cue that it's about to be bad. When, yeah, he's like, he can't go down with three barrels. No, with three barrels. No, <laughs> it's like, here we go. He's go they're going to go down. The boat gets knocked into. Uh, Quint now says, okay, we've got, we've still got him attached to these barrels. Um, even if he's not attached to us, I'm going to lead him out to shallow water and, and drown him in air essentially. And he starts to drive out. The boat is really bad now. It is like belching smoke. It sounds bad. Um, it's taking on so much water in the bottom and Hooper's like, Hey, slow down. Quint speeds up. He's like full Ahab at this point. Um, he's singing his song. Um, <laughs> and then great. the boat, the boat just conks out. They are dead in the water. They are still miles from shore. Nobody knows where they are. They have no communication with the outside oh. world. Um, and Quint distributes life jackets to those two guys. He, of course, does not put one on himself. And he says, okay, Hooper, what, tell me about these gadgets that you got. Um, Hooper says, well, I have this uh, kind of dart gun. I could fill the tip with uh, poison and shoot it at him. And Hooper's like, you, you can't get this needle through his skin. He's like, no, but if I get close enough, I could get it in his mouth or his eye. And um, they're like, well, how are you going to get close enough to do that? He's like, well, I'll go in the cage. Brody's like, you can't do it. Hooper says, do you have any better suggestions? Turns out no one does. So they build the cage. They put it in the water. Uh, Hooper gets in there. Um, and before he goes in, this was a, this was a, a thing that my friend Buddy Fitzpatrick and I used to say to each other. He's a, a another Jaws head. Hey, Buddy. Hey, Buddy. <laughs> Adult friend Buddy Fitzpatrick. <laughs> we he was a, he's a comedian as well, and so we, when we would have big shows, we would say to each other what Hooper says uh, in this moment um, because he's he's going to spit in his mask mm. to clear it, and he goes, "I got no spit. I got no spit." And that became like shorthand for us for nervousness. It's perfect. That's great. So he gets, he gets in the, in the tank. He's underwater. He's looking around. He sees the shark pass by him and then it just keeps going. And it's like, it came up from behind him. So he didn't see it. He couldn't get a shot. So he sees it go into the water until you can't see it anymore. Something disappearing in water is so scary. It's oh, oh it's, because it's so real. It's like it's it's like real life magic where it just fades into nothing, into the blue, you know. <laughs> so Hooper like cautiously takes the stopper off of the poison needle, and he's like, "Where is the shark?" It comes from behind again, rams the cage, like puts puts a dent in the bars, like splits the bars open a little bit. Then it just keeps ramming the cage. The opening is getting wider and wider. Hooper is freaking out. It is terrifying. Then Hooper manages to get kind of above as the shark is still uh, going at the cage. Hooper swims out of the cage and swims like down to hide. Then we cut to real footage of a great white mm -hmm. attacking one of these cages. Oh. And it's, it's fucking terrifying because he's like kind of caught in the the chain that's, like that's above uh, it. supporting mm -hmm. it and he's like thrashing it thrashing and going nuts and he's tearing this cage apart so hooper swims away hides like under some coral oh my god <laughs> and um the 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 gun of course is gone there's no way he can get it back um the 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 shark thrashing above the water now is ripping out parts of the boat um uh whatever that 
pole is called. I don't know what that's called, but it's important. And uh, <laughs> it rips it down. The boat is even more fucked up now. They get the cage up and it's bent to shit. And they're like, I guess that guy is yeah. dead. <laughs> oh, no. The shark comes back and he like that. Now the boat is like sinking, like like mm-hmm. uh, stern first. The stern is fully in the water. The shark like comes up under the transom of the stern um, and it knocks Quint down. Um, Quint's trying to grab hold of something. He can't. Hooper can't hold his hand. So he's sliding down towards the mouth of the shark. Oh, and he's no. like he's like kicking against the, the, the mouth, like trying to keep from going inside. But. Hey man, it happens. He is now, There's only so much you can do. He is no. now in that he's screaming and and he's like he he he's in the shark uh, now up to the up to his waist. The shark like bites down. He screams. Um, the shark is like mo- like sh- like shaking him back and forth. Bites down again. Screams with blood like ah. gurgling out of his mouth. Oh no! Then the shark uh, like backs up, pulls the lifeless body of Quint under the water. Now Brody oh. is alone and he's like, what the fuck am I going to do now? <laughs> like this boat it's is sinking. sinking. He grabs a rifle. Um, he's like, uh, he's in the, like the sort of cabin of the boat. Uh, the shark comes through, uh, the like breaks through the window and Brody's like, he doesn't know what to do. He grabs one of the tanks and he's like hitting it with the scuba tank. And then he like fucking shoves it in his mouth. And, um, and the, the, the shark backs up. Brody scrambles out. Um, he gets into the, the crow's nest, which is like practically horizontal with the water. And he's got the, he's got the, um, the rifle. Um, and he's just looking, looking, okay. Now he sees the shark, uh, coming towards him from a distance and he's like, okay, um, show me that tank. Show me that tank. And he's shooting with a rifle at the shark Mm. and he's missing, missing, missing. The music is going crazy. And then finally, um, he like really takes aim and he says, smile, you son of a bitch. And he hits that tank. (gasps) The shark blows up. Um, We see on the surface of the water, this huge explosion. Then the Hulk of the shark underwater beautifully trailing down to the ocean's bottom um, in a cloud of blood and gore um, while beautiful harp music is playing. This, it, it, oh needs, it needs to be said, like, not only is the is the theme of this movie iconic, the score to this movie is yeah. perfect. It's so good. And, like, again, I, I, I notice different things in it every time mm-hmm. I see it. Uh, all respect to John Williams for yeah. the score. It's it's tremendous. Um so the shark is dead. Hooper is, uh, Brody is cheering. Um, eventually, um, Hooper comes back up, swims over to Brody. Brody is so relieved that he's alive. Um, they laugh for a little bit about just like, this is insane. <laughs> uh, Hooper goes, Quint? And Brody goes, no. Then we cut to, oh, he says, um, we got to, so I guess we got to swim back to shore. And uh, Brody looks off camera and says, do you think those will hold us? Um, And we cut to they have made some sort of like makeshift raft, like out of a bar and two of the barrels. And they're paddling. uh, They're holding on to the the bar and like paddling back to shore. Um, And uh, great moment as they're going. um, Like, like, you know, how long is it going to take us to to get there? A few hours. Brody says, you know, I used to hate the water. And um, Hooper says, I can't imagine why. As the credits roll, we we see it's the credits roll over the beach uh, as the waves are coming in. By the time the credits are ended, we see them make it to the shore. Oh, wow. The end. 
That's a great way to end it. Wow. That's a yeah. great way it's to a great end ending. it. It's a great ending. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. And that's Those scuba Jaws. tanks. Those scuba oh! tanks. Those scuba tanks. Don't count them out. They're important. Yeah. I love that it's like climax of the movie. Okay. Movie's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? so, the shark didn't come back to life after being exploded. The movie is done. What else are you here to see? Yeah, it wasn't movie. two sh- wasn't two sharks working together. A <laughs> <laughs> little baby shark coming like watching their mother be killed or something like that. I'll remember this. Isn't that the plot of a future? Which was kind of the plot. Jaws? Yes, it is. I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah. is it? There's definitely sequels. Yes. I've never seen any of the sequels, but they're not good. I've seen I've seen the second one. I saw the second one in theaters, and it was just like one of those earliest like movie disappointments as a mm-hmm. kid where you where you first realize like Oh, movies can be yeah. bad. Yeah. Like I mm. I wanted to like this, but I didn't quite like it. And why is that? And uh-huh. then you feel like you're not allowed to say the movie was bad. Um mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of the third one, which was released in 3D. Um <laughs> I've never seen the fourth one, but I'd like to because it's it's the most absurd of all of them. It's like this shark is part of the family of <laughs> of Br- Bruce's family. <laughs> Uh, of the original shark's family and remembers the Brody family. And so... Um, now we know that's not true. They can't even remember what not to eat. <laughs> this is what it's, I'm saying. They're not crows. They're not <laughs> crows. <laughs> they are not crows. Who are the crows of the sea? I don't want to meet them. Maybe dolphins? Dolphins? dolphins, maybe orcas. Oh, I don't want to meet them. <laughs> I don't want to meet them. <laughs> Do you not like crows? No, I like crows a lot, actually. Oh, but okay, I don't want to get on a crow's bad side and I definitely that's don't right. want to get on the sea version of crow's bad side for sure for sure i think yeah. orcas are very scary even though yeah. they don't yeah. attack humans at the rate that sharks do but orcas can kill great white sharks and their boat yeah. is called the orca their vessel that's right that they use that's right wow. orcas are scary man wow okay also can i just say is i don't know if this is because of how much you know and love jaws or just a, a, another thing but the casualness with which you use boat terminology was blowing me away <laughs> our vessel heads are gonna be pleased i was astounded at <laughs> terms i'd never heard before i didn't know what they were but you clearly do and i was like okay i looked up crow's nest and because i was like Crest. i was like he might need it uh, but he didn't need it he didn't need it he I, had it I, at I the ready i don't remember even all of that but i was like he knows boats i will tell you that having just watched the movie giving me a refresher on bow and stern was very key to my yeah. <laughs> being able to tell the story it seemed natural like you've known it your whole life no i'll forget them by tonight okay fair <laughs> that's great guys thank you for letting me tell that story that was really fun that was so fucking good i never i honestly didn't know what to expect i didn't know what to expect and it was more like heartfelt than i was expecting yeah. honestly like well it was it's more, a spielberg you know yeah it is a spielberg and it's mm-hmm. it, it felt more like uh like a drama in a way than anything Shark else drama. yeah it's a very grown-up movie you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. it's it's really smart and uh it's it i think even if for the scary parts absolutely you got to watch it i think you will enjoy it and i think the the scariness will be just enough it will not yeah. like yeah. overtake your experience of it mm-hmm. i mean it's pg i need to fucking get my well. shit together if i can't watch <laughs> i know i know that are you too scared to watch gremlins it's pg-13 <laughs> probably exactly honestly maybe and another reason to another reason to watch just to throw in here i gotta gotta mention that Chief Brody is a hot dad. We like to call out a hot dad as well. 
Very hot, Dad. He's absolutely, he's very hot in this, mm-hmm. and he's so good. He's so Roy Scheider is so good in this movie. He's so great. There's so many little things, like, and it's not, it's not showy. It's not, I don't know. It's that, it's that, it, it's that when those, when 70s movies were still doing very naturalistic kind of acting mm-hmm. and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, overlapping dialogue and stuff like that, that just felt really real. And he is just fucking great. He's great. He's great. And hot. <sighs> Hell yeah. And hot. And hot. And hot. <laughs> wow. I feel like with the exception of the the cage scene, I can do it. I think I'll, and if I, I'll, I'll, and I will, and I will just know that like when he goes down in that cage, especially for the real footage part, I can't believe that anyone fucking does that. Why does oh, anyone the, do that? Ron and Valerie Jarrett. Are you kidding me? The two famous people <laughs> from the shark documentaries of my youth. Um, here's what will help you in the cage scene is that the shark is very obviously fake. Okay, great. <laughs> it is yeah. clearly just a giant puppet that is being like, pushed forward. And I think yeah, at that okay. point, yeah. some of it's like teeth are kind of flopping out a bit. There's like some oh, shots no. that the teeth are a little loose. <laughs> like you can tell that they're being the rammed into a metal bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Good to know. Wow. That was great. What a journey. <laughs> is there a is there a voice? We usually end it with a voice. That's true. The most distinctive voice is Quint, I would say, in this movie. Okay. All right. Shark like that, swallow you whole. Before we say goodbye though, Paul, is there anything you want to say? Do you want to plug for our listeners? I know you've got a bunch of podcasts. I have too many podcasts. Um, <laughs> I am on uh, a podcast called Freedom with Scott Ackerman and Lauren Lapkus. It's just the three of them, the three of us having uh, conversations and uh, being stupid. Um, I have a podcast with my wife called Stay F. Homekins, where we do it once a <laughs> month and that. it's just us having a couple of drinks on a Friday night Love and it. just uh, talking after dinner. Um, and I also would like to plug, uh, I do, I've started doing live shows again. Um, I have a variety show that I do called Varietopia, um, which is at uh, Lodge Room in Highland Park, which is a, such a great venue. Ooh, cool. um, the next one is Sunday, March 6th. Um, tickets are online at paulftompkins.com slash live. And if you cannot see it in person, um, we put the, we record the shows and put them up online. So right now on Vimeo, oh, cool. I have, I believe six shows up that you can buy. Ooh. Uh, they're available for purchase, um, on Vimeo. That is bit.ly slash PFT dash V O D. Yeah. But just go to paulftompkins.com slash live and the link will be there as well. Amazing. Oh, live shows. Wow. How we. Man, I missed it so much. I missed yeah. it so much. And then it had to go away and again then for it's a couple little... months. And then, yeah. <laughs> so we'll hey, see. man. I think at this point, we're living with some version of some bad stuff just hanging around. So 100%. how do we do it? You know? That's right. Mm-hmm. Life is scarier than any movie. We've said it it's before. Scary. We'll say it again. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's filled with men. Very scary <laughs> stuff happening in this world. Just like today's movie. Unavoidable. <laughs> yep. It's jam packed with them. It was the seventies. A lot yeah, of men. Absolutely. This is before women were invented. <laughs> we weren't doing that yet. Um, well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank for you, Paul. Doing this, was, this was a treat. Thank you so much. It was absolutely so my pleasure. Fun. Thank you for having me. Um, okay, Sammy, you've got, you've got this voice. I'll you try, just saw. I'll what does he say? I'll what try. Does he say? What does he say? From all of us here at Too Scary to Don't Watch. <laughs> I can't tell if Paul is impressed or horrified. <laughs> I'm not horrified. <laughs> not impressed, but <laughs> somewhere in the middle. A big reaction in the middle. <laughs> From all of us here. 
too scared to watch. <laughs> too didn't watch. Goodbye. 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 Spanish ladies. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if one episode a week just is not enough for you, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast to become a patron and receive all sorts of extra goodies from us, including bonus episodes, trailers, reactions and more and no matter what we will see you right here next week for another episode we love you so much bye bye